to the Urban Christian Woman podcast, where we seek to restore women with God's truth for their everyday lives. I'm Tashika Oliver. And I'm Leah Ross, and we're your hosts. This season, we've got some exciting things in store. So join us as we study God's word, celebrate women living faithfully on mission, and dive into cultural issues through a biblical lens. You ready, Tashiva? Girl, yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's, let's go. go. Welcome back, ladies, to the Urban Christian Woman Podcast. I am Leah Ross, and I'm without Toshiba. Womp, womp, womp. Um, but I'm here doing some incredible interviews. We're in a series called Co-Journeying, and um, this, is, this is just going to be really encouraging for all of us. We are in a space where isolation and loneliness is like at an all-time high. We are in a space where even brothers and sisters in Christ are not necessarily in community and churches. And so it's our heart to really dig into what it looks like to co-journey with brothers and sisters in Christ because the Christian life is filled um, is filled with different types of journeys. You're in different seasons and it's so essential to be able to do those with others. So the goal of this series is to talk about the various ways in which urban women can journey so that that woman can grow, she can flourish in her fellowship with God and in her fellowship with others. And we're taking like our framework for this from Ecclesiastes 4.12. I love the New Living Translation that says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And so today I have as my guest, Pastor Dwayne Davis, who's on the mic, and um, we are going to be talking about co-journeying with your local pastor. Thank you for joining us, Dwayne. Yeah, thanks for having me. I mean me. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> well, <laughs> I it, feel so alone. It does feel different without Toshiba because at the beginning of the podcast, you guys are always yeah. having such a good time. Yeah. Toshiba is snuggling her newborn baby at home and uh, doing great at that. So y'all keep her in prayer as she transitions into this new season of motherhood. But in the meantime, Dwayne is here joining me and I'm so thankful. Uh, I want to introduce the ladies to you, Dwayne. Okay. And you are officially the first man ever on the Urban Christian Woman podcast. Yes. <laughs> is, that, is that even allowed? I mean. It is only slightly in this context. <laughs> because you're my local pastor. So ladies, this is my local pastor. Uh, Dwayne, he serves as the pastor at Heights Press Church in Cleveland, Ohio. Before coming to Heights, he worked at a variety of roles as a church planter, a pastor, an English teacher. You taught it at a community college, Dwayne? Yes. That's cool. Um, all over the place, throughout North Carolina and Pennsylvania. He and his wife, Julie, have been married since 2001, and they have four children, Aiden, Abby, Stephen, and Jonathan, who is my personal son's roll dog. So they're buddies, <laughs> that and yes. that is really cool. So welcome, Dwayne. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So we're, I want you just to start because that was a very brief bio and there's so much more to unpack about Dwayne. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, about who you are and how you are like in the space you are now as a pastor. That's a good question. I have four kids. I've been married to my wife, Julie, for 20 years, as, the, as we said in the podcast, 21 now. And uh, Julie's from New Orleans. 
She is one who is a lot like Jonathan, our son. She kind of takes the party with her wherever she goes and has that, you know, New Orleans spirit yeah. in, in her blood. Loves yeah. music. I can testify. just like, um, yeah, having a good time with everybody. Mm-hmm. And so she is a wonderful person to be married to. I, on the other hand, am the super serious, <laughs> <laughs> super stodgy <laughs> person who yeah. just likes to sit around reading all the time. Yeah. And um, I, I've loved moving to Cleveland. We've really enjoyed being here. Yeah. Um, love Heights. You've only been here a short time. The church. But it's, Cleveland has fully embraced you. That's good to know. Yeah. yeah. And I, I hope we're embracing Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about like you as a pastor. Like what, um, what calls you to the pastor in the first place? What was that call like? What makes you come alive? What do you love most about pastoring? I was teaching high school English, mm-hmm. and I was a part of a church in Raleigh, North Carolina, and there was a guy there who's the pastor. His name's Terry Trailer. He's dead now, um, but he was like my mentor, mm-hmm. you know, while I was there. And he, but not in an official capacity, kind of in a um, come alongside you capacity, mm-hmm. you know, and he would just say, hey, why don't you uh, teach a Sunday school class with me? Hey, why don't you mm-hmm. uh, help these help with this mercy efforts? Why don't you take a seminary class? And uh, the other thing that they were doing at the same time was church planting. So he was training people to go out and mm-hmm. start new churches. And I, I just never been involved in anything like that. So mm-hmm. in growing up, I had a traditional view of pastor. My dad's a pastor, mm-hmm. which... PK. Yeah. So we can, we can talk all about that. He was a, a military chaplain. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So I was an army brat and a PK, uh, doomed to years of therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my usual joke about that. But I, but I had a traditional view of pastor mm-hmm. as like the one person who's standing up mm-hmm. in front of everybody. Um, who's, he's doing the visiting of mm-hmm. the sick. He's opening the church. He's shutting it. He's pretty much... Um, the, the person who's in charge or mm-hmm. whatever. But at this church in Raleigh that I was a part of, it was way more of a vibrant community, mm-hmm. shared experiences, and people were, you know, real, literally moving from one part of the town to another part mm-hmm. of the town to reach people. They were starting different ministries and all that kind of thing. And so I just thought, like, man, I want it was exciting. Mm-hmm. I just I wanted to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, during as I was taking some seminary classes, I it was the guy. I still remember the moment. Uh, the guy was kind of the teacher of the class was working through Acts one through eight, mm-hmm. and he was saying a lot of people think this is about the Holy Spirit. A lot of people think this is about prayer. A lot of this people think this is about all. all there's a whole variety of things, charismatic mm-hmm. gifts, but his argument was ultimately that Acts one through eight is has a ton, just a ton of preaching. There's just like a lot of people talking, mm-hmm. obviously empowered by the mm-hmm. spirit and like that. Yeah. I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. I was like, I want to do that more than yeah. anything else I've ever done. Yeah. And I had never preached. I yeah. had never, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. so from from that moment forward, we were, I was sort of like, I'm going to quit my job teaching. Mm-hmm. We're going to move. I'm going to go back to school. And I'm going to, you know, enter into this yeah. pathway. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. So that, yeah. Yeah. So, like, at, from that point in your call into the pastorate, like, what are, in your words, what is the role of the local pastor? And what does it look like in a healthy context? Yeah, I've been thinking, so I have been thinking about this mm-hmm. one a good bit. And I feel like the role of pastor is shepherd. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the, the biblical imagery that you see throughout, I mean, you can think specifically mm-hmm. of 1 Peter 5. You can think of, yeah. I was even just looking at Acts 20 where Paul is 
weeping when he leaves the Ephesian church yeah. because of the close relationship they, that they had. Or if you think at First Thessalonians, yeah. Paul says like a father with his children, mm-hmm. you know. But but it, it extends into the Old Testament, mm-hmm. you know, throughout all the all the minor prophets, like yeah. the shepherds of Israel, the leaders right. are not caring for their people. And so for me, the the most important thing that I think I've mm-hmm. learned is to see um, all of the various things that I do as serving the ultimate purpose of shepherding the people. Mm-hmm. So caring for them, yeah. leading them, yeah. guiding them, feeding them, supporting them, yeah. working alongside them as they go out to do right. the ministry that God's called them to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I several months ago, I was listening to a podcast with Eugene Peterson, and he was talking about like the way that he pastored and shepherded in his uh, in his career, but it was almost like this, um, getting opportunities to like spiritually diagnose, right? Like your people, right? So he would come and he would hear their woes and he would prescribe a Psalm and he would pray with them. And then he would like circle back and check in. And I just get that sense of like shepherd is like, yeah, this caring for the well being of your soul. But like, we know that we're integrated and whole being. So it's like your soul and how that plays out into the rest of your life, like your finances, your home life, your family, your job choices, like all of that. And it stems from that. And so, yeah, that's really the the concept of shepherd then is more than just someone who's a really good preacher, right? Yes. And that's, that's hard for me because I value preaching, as you know. Yeah, yeah. He's very, a good preacher, y'all. Well, no, it's not preach. about being good. It's just about, like, how important it is and yeah. how much time and energy you want to invest Right, right, right. But in my best moments, I recognize yeah. that's in service to, yeah. I, I mean, what God is doing in that group of people yeah. and for what happens with them and yeah. to them and through them. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, hey, let's all go hear a good lecture right. and let's go home. Right. You know? And I think that the, like as we sort of frame this through co-journeying, that's super important to talk about shepherding because uh, your average Sunday morning is not very like interactive, right, with the sermon and, you know, your members of your church, but that is a part of, that is, like you said, is a part of the shepherding, right? And co-journeying is really how we walk together in our faith, life, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ. And so I think like just being able to say, oh man, this guy's my pastor. He's a really good preacher. But like, what does that shepherding look like? You know? And so that's, I hear you saying that's really important. Yeah. And I feel like it begins with knowing, having to know the people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who is it that you're really doing? Mm. I mean, when I first got to Heights, yeah. you know, and I was coming back and forth from Raleigh to here and mm-hmm. I was living with the Benishes. I was living with mm-hmm. another family in our church. And, um, you know, one of my girls was just like, meet up with everybody in the church, mm-hmm. just go from person to person and mm-hmm. just hear like, well, I don't know anything about mm-hmm. Cleveland or really about your life. So yeah. what is it that you can tell me yeah. so that I can know how to mm-hmm. help you, serve yeah. you, be, be with you, mm-hmm. encourage you. Yeah. Yeah. We're coming off of this series in First John, and that was the thing that struck me the most. Actually, like real talk, this is the reason that we were like, when we do co-journeying with their pastor, like it can't just be some Instagram pastor. Like it needs to be our local pastor nice. yeah, because <laughs> the, the idea that John was so like intimately acquainted with these people that he was writing to and like knew them, knew their struggles, so had because of that like had a position to speak like both like strong and loving, encouraging words to these people. Like to me, that is 
that's the beauty of the shepherding that happens in the local church. Yes. They can't happen on a platform. They can't happen through social media, but that happens in the context of the local church. Yes, Ken, I want to talk about this. Yeah, yeah, go for it. (laughs) Because what's great about that is like people listening might be like, who is this random guy? Or, you Mm -hmm. know, like I'm I'm not a celebrity pastor, but I've run into so many occasions where um, there's so much information available that the average congregant now is just like, hey, I've been listening to You can stream, you can YouTube, you can, yeah. Mm -hmm. But like those, and you can pick and fill in whatever names you want um, that apply to the situation that your listeners are in. But it's like those people aren't, they weren't called by God to take care of you. Mm. So again, I'm not telling yeah. people like, yeah. don't listen to mm-hmm. other pastors or don't listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> by all means, keep listening to this one. <laughs> <laughs> but I do yeah. want everybody to have a um, relationship with the person and the people, mm-hmm. the elders and yeah. the leaders of the church mm-hmm. who God has actually called to work there. Mm-hmm. Because it might not look pretty, it might not be fancy, mm-hmm. it might not be polished, mm-hmm. but it's something can and will happen there that won't happen from just putting on a sermon in your car. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. Because you, you know the mm. color. Okay, so we're going to have to get a Hammond B in the background in a minute because that's <laughs> so good. Um, so we're talking about then like people who were called to take care of you, like called by God to shepherd you. And so for you, Dwayne, as a man who's a pastor, as you co-journey, as you're called to take care of women, um, your sisters in Christ, in the body of Christ, like what has that looked like at its best? Um, And what have you learned in the process of shepherding women in your local church? Yeah, and this has been an ongoing journey as yeah. I think as you and I have talked about yeah. you know I'm learning more and more how to promote women's gifts and how to mm-hmm. um, support them in the church but what there, there's two things that come to mind when you ask me that question one is um, the amazing ways that women in the congregations that I have been a part of have um, taken on and started really amazing ministries mm-hmm. so like I just I feel like you know, when you're when you're the pastor of a church, um, the people in the church support the church, and then you take the money and you you give it out to all mm-hmm. these organizations. And every time there's an organization that we we're supporting, um, crisis pregnancy center, mm-hmm. thrift store that mm-hmm. hires people in the community and gives things away, um, medical you know resources for underprivileged people mm-hmm. in in the city. Mm-hmm. Just like every time art programs, every time there's one of those. There almost always, in my experience, mm-hmm. is a woman who has uh, felt called by God, mm-hmm. convicted mm-hmm. of the need, and mm-hmm. just said, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so being a pastor to those women is so encouraging mm-hmm. because it's just like, hey, we're, we are out on the street with real people helping. Yeah. How do we how can we help more? Mm-hmm. And then I'm saying, yeah, well, you might think about this or here's mm-hmm. some financial resources or here's ways mm-hmm. that we can pray for you. Here's ways that you can help people in our church know mm-hmm. how to help. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, I, you know, I'm not saying that like men don't start organizations, <laughs> but I, I, I'm but, serious. Yeah, in my but, yeah. in 20 years, 90% yeah. of those yeah. are women. And so yeah. we uh, um, we yeah. talk about this as much as you want or not, but even like in the car over here, I was thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder, part of part of what I wonder is, 
um, is part of that because, and these are things I would celebrate, mm-hmm. I'm celebrating, but it's yeah. part of that because there have been limited opportunities for women to yeah. serve in, yeah. and in my situation, it's like a, a more conservative evangelical church, yeah. have there been limited opportunities in the church mm-hmm. so that then they felt like they've had to start something outside of the church? Yeah. Or is it just kind of the case that I, this is what it would be? Yeah, I think generally that is the case. It is, yeah. uh, I mean, as, even there are studies that talk about, like, as women lead, it, there's a sense of communal, like, coming with even more so than men in leadership. And so, which is crazy to think about, uh, but that God has wired us with a maternal nature that that is a nature of care and um, like collective care, I think in a, in a unique way. Um, and that whether you're talking about a complementarian or an egalitarian church, we know that structurally, like there are places where patriarchy and misogyny have been ingrained in men, even men who, who say that they're following Jesus. And so even in spaces where there's equal positions of ordination and leadership, there's not always equal access. Yeah. And like, there's a, a book that you and I have both read um, by Michelle B. Barnwell who talked that talks about that of like even in equal spaces there's not always a sense of mutuality and so I think that that is true if you run up against this wall but you know that God has called you to do it like you're gonna find pathways you know yeah you're gonna yeah. find pathways and, and then from a, a pastor's perspective it's it's a mix I guess right because yeah. it's so, so much to celebrate because I'm like look at what these women are doing and right. what they're accomplishing right. but also with that sense of life yeah um, are we in the church mm. also promoting those same gifts yeah. for them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's tricky because it's, I mean, God's always going to, he's going to, um, what is that expression? Shoot straight with a broken stick. Did I yeah. mess that no, up? No, yeah, the one I've heard is draw straight Draw lines straight with lines with crooked sticks. <laughs> I'm like, you don't shoot with a stick, so I don't know. Um, but but it is true that like we as women of faith can take hope that like even in broke, even if we are trapped in a broken system, like God is going to find a way to use the vessels that He wants to use and to get the glory. Yeah. Like, and so I think that's even encouragement to women in local churches that maybe don't have pathways to like quote unquote specific titles or whatever but like be walking alongside of your local pastor saying what are ways that that I can truly walk in this and praying for a pastor who's going to support you in that and yes. I'm thankful yes. that that we can like celebrate that here on this podcast today that there are ways that that can happen um, and if it's not happening like pray and ask the Lord like where he has you like does he have you there or does he have you a place where your gifts can really flourish so and then can yeah. I say a second thing mm-hmm. the second thing is um, I can't remember now what the original question is, but experiences with women. And yeah, what have you learned? Yeah, shepherding women along the way. Yeah, the other thing is um, the moments that I recall are also just the um, in some of the more painful or even tragic situations, whether mm-hmm. it's like a miscarriage mm-hmm. or a stillbirth or someone's mom who dies mm-hmm. or a case of abuse, mm-hmm. just like the privilege of getting to enter into some of those situations Mm -hmm. and just like sort of, um, gosh, I don't know what I want to say here. See, see see the world from a Mm -hmm. woman's perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, what it is to, you know, at times be a mom, what it is to have these really negative experiences with men, what it is to, Mm -hmm. um, those are, I would just count them as privileges and they're the moments I remember, Mm -hmm. you know, which Mm -hmm. is just like, things are going wrong, um, I get to help mm-hmm. in some ways 
and that really has just sort of shaped me and strengthened me. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, so. that's solid. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about women. We also, a huge part of our demographic is like younger millennials, because I'm going to say I'm a geriatric millennial, okay? I'm I'm on the older end. Um, And Gen Z, right? Who we know right now are straight up just really struggling with their relationship with the church. Like many are are straight up leaving churches. Um, And so for you as a pastor, what is a vision for a healthy cross-cultural, I mean, cross-generational, what are the visions for healthy cross-generational trust building and shepherding look like? Like, what does it look like to heal what has been broken in the local church across those generational lines? Yeah, that's that's a hard question to answer um, because I used to think that if you are honest, if I, as a pastor, mm-hmm. honest, open, mm-hmm. authentic, mm-hmm. if you want to use a buzzword... I'm not ironic, just able to make fun of my... If, if I'm mm. able to... I used to think... Don't that, take yourself too seriously, yes, like yeah. you say. No, yeah, that's, that's what I say. If I used to say... Yeah. You know, if I, I used to think that just being honest and saying, like, yeah, I know that mm. the church has been bad, mm-hmm. or, yeah, I know this sounds crazy mm-hmm. to believe this, that that would um, sort of break down barriers yeah. between people who have been hurt by the church and someone who works for the church, mm-hmm. right? As I've got a friend who said, you know, like, that if people think that Christians are idiots, like, pastors are then professional idiots. <laughs> 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 <You know>? <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> that's how the, that's how yeah. people run to think. Yeah. And I, so, so I'm always trying to, like, break down those barriers, which is just to say, mm-hmm. like, yeah, not, not, um, every experience with the church has to be bad. Mm-hmm. Not all the things that seem crazy are crazy. However, I feel like that has gotten even harder. Mm-hmm. Like even sometimes just being honest and mm-hmm. just being open and just saying, yeah, doesn't always kind of mm-hmm. break through the, the, um, the, the, some of this pain or the resistance mm-hmm. you know, that people have. I, I, I want to know what you think. Like, yeah. what do you think works? Uh, man, I mean, it, it is really, really challenging, but I think it does start with, like, there is a responsibility in the leader's role of shepherding well, right? Yeah. Because I think a lot of that hurt has, has come at the hands of individuals who weren't primarily concerned with shepherding the souls of the people. Yes. Um, yeah, and in that way, I yeah. mean, like... Maybe the honesty does more good than I think. Mm-hmm. If you if yeah. ask yeah. for forgiveness, but it's I'm almost like honesty in proximity, though, because it has to like it has to have which I think I think it has to come in proximity, um, because it has to have a weight of I'm not just doing this to absolve myself, but I'm doing this so that I can like maintain proximity to to do some real repair, you know? Yes, so that it's not like you can't. Somebody who's say, let's say, deconstructing or yeah. whatever is not, um, you're not going to argue them out of the deconstruction. Mm-hmm. You're, mm-hmm. It's going to be much more easy if you have. I mean, it's going to you're going to develop a relationship with that person um, in that you can speak into by yeah. actually loving them, right? Like right where they are, and yeah. Learning what's really happened and mm-hmm. understanding, and all of that just takes a long time. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it takes time. Yeah, I mean, I feel like with the frame of co-journeying, it just all it keeps circling back to like this time and the the proximity. And this is why we're talking about the local church, right? Because this is happening in actual relationships with, um, yeah, with your local pastor and the consistency of being in their lives. So, 
Yeah. Well, so, I mean, we're, we're hitting on all the testy demographics, okay? We're, we hitting, are, on, yeah. we're hitting on women, we're hitting on uh, Gen Z, um, and, and now I want to talk about the, the relationship with brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, in the body of Christ of the local church. So for you as a pastor, what does it look like to foster healthy relationships between brothers and sisters in the body of Christ? Yeah, and that one I feel like is more simple. Because I just feel like one of my goals is just... Is it? Because it feels hard. It feels hard. Okay. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, we can we can go back yeah. and forth on this. But what, I, I think the, the goal is simple. The outcome is not simple. Mm-hmm. So getting people together in the room. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. just anywhere you can. I, I get that there's a space for a, a women's ministry. I get mm-hmm. that there's space for a men's ministry. But for me, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. seeing everybody together, you mm-hmm. know, like we're going to participate together in small groups. It's mm-hmm. One of the reasons I like small groups more than like a, a Sunday mm-hmm. school where you just have one person up right, teaching. Right, right, right. It's like we're sharing what we're happening, what's happening. We're mm-hmm. together having um, the same discussions yeah. about theology. You know, that's the thing mm-hmm. that we had we've talked about before. Yeah. Like, um, it's not like there's certain topics that alone are yeah. open to women and available, and they mm-hmm. should think about. And there's certain events like all the the good gifts that God has given us are open to all His people. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and so attempting to promote. Uh, every member ministry mm. for me has mm-hmm. been the most helpful in seeing yeah. women as an essential half of yeah. every, of the members. Half the church. Yeah. Is it, you can tell me. Half the I'm, church. Yeah, oh, yeah, you can tell me. I mean, half the church. I don't, tell me if we're doing a good job at this or not. But it's yeah. like, from mm-hmm. my perspective, if I look at the tra- trajectory of my whole career, mm-hmm. I did move from that older model yeah. of like the pastor does everything mm-hmm. to an awareness that like it is the people who yeah. have each have relationships with other people and are speaking the gospel and yeah. are loving their neighbors mm-hmm. and I just have like a, a real huge role for everyone and a real small role for what the official mm-hmm. leadership do mm-hmm. and then the leadership is responsible for coming up coming alongside the people while the people are doing the ministry yeah yeah I think that's good I think that's good to even think about like when you talk about small groups like ours are done in a context where it was like what day of week are you available you know and I know other churches that do it I've, I've been in a church in the past that did it based on like proximity like so if you live in this neighborhood then you're in this group and it allows for like that men and women together brothers and sisters in Christ together to be in that space where you're sharing um, sharing time sharing from the word sharing prayer requests like together um, and to really put an emphasis on that space being a really good space for discipleship like that it include it's a good space of discipleship that includes men and women together and um, yeah so I mean I appreciate that I appreciate the posture of like listen like the way that Jesus engaged Mary was like with dignity of saying like, no, you're worthy to be a disciple. Like you're worthy to uh, be entrusted with these deep, deep, uh, rich truths about the mystery of Christ and who I am. And I'm calling you into that, you know? And so I think it's beautiful to see that example and to say, okay, that is also true in the life of the church today. Like brothers and sisters calling each other worthy disciples together uh, in the local church is is a is a beautiful picture of that. Yeah, and no, I don't want to make any laws yeah. here, so, but um, like I do feel convicted that so if 
you have small groups at your church, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like the pastor should be a part of a small group, mm-hmm. right? So you and I are in the same small yeah. group, you know? Is that awkward at times? And it is. <laughs> yes, yes. It's very awkward. And I can see all sorts of reasons why. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like some, I could have mm-hmm. plenty of other pastors here in the room and would say, no, like you're actually doing more harm than good mm-hmm. because people can't be as open with you there and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But I just feel like I need to show everyone that I can learn from them as yeah. much as they're learning from me yeah. and that we're partnering together. Mm-hmm. So if you're having a prayer meeting, I, I just, I don't like the idea of the pastor who's like, yeah, like hi, kind of hiding in the green room or Ooh, something. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Then, that's that's or, real. Or that's real. Just saying, mm-hmm. and, and, I'm, and this is not mm-hmm. by nature. Like mm-hmm. I am not. I am less of a people person. Like if if Julie, if you were to ask my wife, like is Dwayne a task oriented person or a people person? Mm-hmm. He would probably she would probably say task oriented. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I, I'm more introverted. I like sitting around by myself. I don't particularly, you know, like, yeah. I'm not like smoggered my favorite time mm-hmm. of week or something. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm, but I'm just like, um, I'm going to trust mm-hmm. that God works in this way yeah. and that I can learn as much as the, mm-hmm. from the people who are in the group mm-hmm. because more, it's not just about what I know up here. It's actually about like applying it and shaping my heart, Yeah. you know? Oh, that's so good. And it even just gives me the sense of like, as a pastor, like you're looking for the spirit to form and guide how you exist in the space of your local church, right? Like yes. not solely based on your gifts or your comfort, but based on where the spirit is calling you to cultivate a family of God, right? Yes. Like an actual family that functions together. And that's that's really hard. So I don't mm. want to underplay that. Yeah. Because there are these there are some barriers that can't be broken down between the mm-hmm. pastor and the mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could talk about that now or later, but I think like um, doing as much of that as you can yeah. is, is helpful. Mm-hmm. That's at least what you think. It's hard, but helpful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hard, but helpful. Ladies, if you're enjoying the ministry and content of The Urban Christian Woman, would you take a minute to write a review and give us a rating on iTunes? Our goal is to get truth into the hands of urban women. You can help us by leaving even a one-sentence review and some stars. This simple act will help increase our visibility for more women to find this podcast and resources to help equip them in their everyday lives. So girl, what you waiting for? Just go ahead and do it right now. And if you haven't yet, join our community on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Urban Christian Woman, Facebook, The Urban Christian Woman, and on our website, which is theurbanchristianwoman.com. Let's jump into that. Talk about, like, it's lonely at the top. Yes. Right? Okay, yes. Yeah. So, uh, as a pastor, I am always lonely. Mm -hmm. So, Mm. I would, if you have a pastor, if you're listening to this podcast, Mm. assume that mm. he or she is mm. lonely. Okay. Mm. Some reasons why. Um, the, and there's a great article, and I, did, I didn't bring it. It's by a, a guy I know named Walter Hennigar. Mm-hmm. He wrote it in By Faith. And I don't know if you guys have show notes or whatever, but I can find the name of it. Yeah, we can share it on social media. He makes this argument that, like, pastors, mm-hmm. just like, okay, you have more responsibility to your children than your children have to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? 
It's, yes. it's not a fit. It's not right. 50 fit. Right, it's right. not like. I wish it was. <laughs> now, my <laughs> teenagers, <laughs> my six year old son <laughs> says, you know, he will, will, yeah. will argue that, like, uh, no, like, if if you turn off my phone, I need to turn mm-hmm. off your phone, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That it's 50, but it's like, actually, God has created this system in such a way that I, I am responsible for your health yeah. and for your well being. Yeah. And you, by default, have less responsibility towards me mm-hmm. because of the nature of the way that that mm-hmm. system works. Mm-hmm. Um, therefore, um, there's always a bit of a, a barrier. In, mm. but you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because of that responsibility, yeah. which is not bad, it's just good. It's just you know what I mean? In bad, I've got a friend yeah. who, he's, you know, and, and you'll talk to pastors who feel like, you know, sometimes they feel like the night watchman, you know mm. what I mean? It's like, I'm not getting any rest. I'm just mm-hmm. managing or helping other people. And there's, who's, who's caring for me, right? Mm-hmm. Or um, one of the, the, the kind of darker image is like the the trash collector mm. who's of, of God's kingdom. Oh, God. yeah. <laughs> you can you can delete that out of, out of this. We'll get the editor the, the producer to edit out. Who's like um, I'm always yeah. in problem solving mode. I'm always mm-hmm. in crisis mode. I'm always mm-hmm. in helping mode. And but who's like helping me? So yeah, I can relate to that deeply as a parent okay. <laughs> especially coming out of this week where I'm like my kids do not care that I'm tired they do not care they will not relent but yes. yeah. yeah so yeah so cross that bridge for us okay. of like what, how does so that then, relate so then there's two um, and this Walter Henniger makes the point that there's two things one point will be his one point will be mine the um, pastors do need other pastors mm-hmm who are friends, you know? And mm-hmm. sometimes that gets a bad rap because you're like, the pastor should mm-hmm. be with the people, I've just said, should be going to small groups yeah, and hanging yeah. out with everybody. And that's why there's tension. But at the same time, um, it's really important that pastors like mm-hmm. walk into a room with other pastors who understand what it feels like to be in that same situation mm-hmm. automatically without having to explain it. If you, if you're, if you know any teachers, yeah. teachers, like yeah. you get two teachers together, man, what are mm-hmm. they going to talk about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's because it's a stressful job, yeah. right? Because right. they're caring for people. Mm-hmm. And so they get together and just like, I need other teachers to emote right. with, right? right. And um, people in the army are kind of the same way I've noticed, mm-hmm. you know, in mm-hmm. the military. Um, and pastors are the same way. Mm-hmm. They need other pastors who are friends so mm-hmm. that they can have a sort of this 50-50 totally reciprocal relationship where there's no calling or responsibility or burden, I don't mean that in a negative sense, in a positive sense, um, of having to care for people mm-hmm. who don't, because, mm-hmm. I mean, underneath that is like, people mm-hmm. don't want to be cared for. I mean, mm-hmm. people don't, off sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. saying this, yeah. But sometimes yeah. people are like, hey, there's some sin involved here. No, I don't want to right. do that. Or there's a new belief that you need to have. I don't want that. It's like a weird yeah. thing where you're constantly in the process of trying to affect change and the people don't want to change. Yeah. And just there, the, the whole yeah. Bible is the example of that. I mean, like, Paul talks about a lot of the pain of that. Yeah, the pain of that with his spiritual children. So, yeah, I can relate. I mean, I can see what you're saying, that there's pain in that relationship, even when it's even when it's a positive one. Yeah, yeah. And so you are, I think you want to, um, I'm trying to figure out who I'm talking to here. If you want, I hope that you're in a church where your pastor sees his role as coming alongside of you, and I'm speaking to anybody who's listening now, yeah. but I also hope that the, that you see um, your pastor as someone who um, carries a responsibility, is at times lonely, has mm-hmm. a difficult job, mm-hmm. faces the stresses of that, and needs 
you to support him for sure, but also needs other pastors to support him. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I, I would ask. Like, who, so, who are your friends that are pastors? How are they caring? This is so good because I feel like what the the push point or maybe like what we can push out as a challenge to our listeners is like how are you supporting the flourishing of your local pastor? Yes. How are you supporting the flourishing of your local pastor, ladies? Like, is it in creating space? Is it in even like, and and praise God for just like the proximity of even smaller churches, like you have that accessibility to be like, hey, like, if I get an email from you on your day off, Dwayne, I'm checking you, okay? <laughs> like, wait a minute. I know this is your day off or whatever. Or just, I mean, even those guard points are even celebrating, like, sending encouragement or celebrating, like, opportunities that your pastor gets to connect with other pastors and to be encouraged and to just build those relationships that are life-giving. Like, what does it look like to co-journey with your local pastor in a way that supports his flourishing? And that that is ultimately your brother in Christ as well. Yes, yes. And it's something that I have to remind myself, like, if I am, I could, since you said the day off and resting, like, if I am only working all the time and mm-hmm. I'm like a robot and I'm burning myself out, you know, all I'm doing in coming alongside my people is giving them a model of how to destroy themselves, right? Mm-hmm. You know, how to mm-hmm. burn themselves out too. Yeah. So it's sort of like, mm-hmm. I need to be able to take breaks and rest. Man, yeah. And sometimes that means, I mean, see, it's, yeah. it's I can even feel the tension in it because it's like, sometimes that means, no, I mean, there's a real crisis, obviously. Right, like, right. yeah, I'm, I'm there, but there are moments where I have to say no. There are moments where I have mm-hmm. to say, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. There's moments where I have to say, I'm not sure how to help. Um, there's all these limits mm-hmm. that are, um, that everybody, I think, it, I guess instead of treating it as some kind of like mystical position, they just need to talk about it so, yeah. so that it is like, so like just like right. you and me, like, right. wait, you just responded on Friday. It's your uh-huh. day off. Why are you doing that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, uh, I'm not being a very good example. Yeah. And then we mm-hmm. can protect each other mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And I even feel like the spirit is really, just really stirring me up. One more exhortation, which is that like for us as, if you are listening and you are a part of a local church, And the only time you reach out to your pastor is when you have a complaint or when you don't like something or when something's not going your way or when you, you know what I'm saying? Like there's beef with somebody else like that. That is a sign of an unhealthy relationship. Yes. Like, I'm just going to drop that right there because you use the example of even in your household. And I think about like the way that I've just been, y'all pray for me. I've been deeply struggling with my motherhood responsibilities lately. And when it feels relentless, like the, all I get is complaining from y'all. Like every time you open your mouth, it's to tell me about something that you don't like. And that's not life-giving. That doesn't cultivate love in our relationship. Now I got to fight for it because I'm the mom, right? And like, I don't get to just respond in, in uh, you know, in kind to that level of disrespect. But like, I'm just thinking about what cultivates like flourishing in a relationship, right? That it is also encouraging the pastor, also like affirming their gifts, also saying when things go right, also saying when you see growth, like calling those things out as well and not just the complaints. Yeah, I like the family imagery because you can have a healthy relationship with a child mm-hmm. and um, it, that healthy relationship probably involves, even though there's you have more responsibility to them than, than they do to you, it still involves... Um, 
hey, let's just go out. I'm going to take you out to lunch. Yeah. You know, we're just mm-hmm. going to talk about you. It's not all, um, this is, I need you to take out the trash. Right. It's not all initiatives. Yeah. Right? So yeah. When there mm-hmm. are initiatives or there are complaints or there is something that goes wrong that mm-hmm. has to be repaired. There's a balance. It's within yeah. the context of trust. Mm-hmm. You can trust each other. That's so good. Yeah. That's so good. Man, so... Can I say one more thing? About yeah, go for it. The, the other thing is, and this is going to sound, I, I, I really want to get like letters or emails. I don't know if you guys get, I want to like, I want lots well, of you're, you're not on Instagram twice, so <laughs> strike one. All right. Well, I've, I've been on a podcast now, so I okay. can um, All right. set up, get my celebrity uh, status <laughs> in Gold Star. Yeah. Um, the other thing, which is going to sound contradictory is, so like what I've just been saying is recognize what's distinct about mm-hmm. the position of pastor mm-hmm. um, so that if that person needs space or help from someone who's not you, you can help them move mm-hmm. towards it. Mm-hmm. But then the flip, the, the yeah. flip side of that is also to just see them as a real human being. As a person. Yeah. 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 Cause not mm-hmm. just, um, and like, I love debriefing about the sermon and mm-hmm. it is my job to do that. But just like, and not everything, just like you don't want every conversation to be a complaint. You don't want every conversation yeah. to be a debrief from the yeah. sermon. You just want mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. what concert did you go to mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. weekend? Or how are the, yeah. how are the Cavs doing very well? Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And that that is that is what, again, what it looks like to co-journey. We're people. We're doing it together, ultimately towards Jesus. So, and, and sometimes when we do it together, there's challenges, right? There's conflict. Um, I want to talk about that a little bit of okay. what does it look like? Through, through challenges or disagreements to co-journey well with your church members um, when you're the pastor? Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> li- listening mm-hmm. is important and being flexible is important. Mm-hmm. So I feel like having conversations with people yeah. rather than making assumptions, like giving people the mm-hmm. benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. asking, help me to understand not jumping to conclusions just because you disagree mm-hmm. with somebody I think is is important. I, I've been trying as hard as I can to promote one uh, having within the church mm-hmm. all sorts of different people that have different kinds of opinions. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it, it feels yeah. like we kind of tend to like, I'm, I'm really into like precise theology, so I'm going to go to the church that's into pr- precise yeah. theology, or I'm really right. into social justice, so I'm going to go to the church that's really into social Mm -hmm. justice, or I'm really into this particular method of discipleship. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then we just sort of like, we have all these different churches that look so different, but I wish that more people who disagreed Mm -hmm. would work together and kind of major on the majors Mm -hmm. for the sake of the kingdom. Yeah. Why are you laughing? Because I, I'm, just, I'm just like I'm like if the yeah if the enemy yeah. if we are in a war right okay, if we're in a war and Satan wants to destroy the good things that God's doing in the world and God is saying I've redeemed you through Jesus and right. I am mm-hmm. I'm taking back territory mm-hmm. I'm taking back human hearts I'm taking back human communities I'm taking back mm-hmm. societies it's, mm-hmm. it's individual corporate like are we going to partner with others and set aside our differences? Or are we going to just fight each other yeah. all the time? Yeah. Mm. And and can 
Can, I'm going to make this real personal. <laughs> well, I was, I, um, I, I thought about it. Go ahead. Yeah, do it. We have not agreed on everything, yes. Dwayne. Right. Yes. What has stood out about co-journeying with Leah Ross as you don't agree with okay. her? <laughs> okay. So this is, this is great. Like, let's, let's, let's bring it home base. Okay. Yeah. Okay, sure. Um, do, do you want to discuss the specific topic or does it matter? Yeah, we can. Okay. Yeah, okay. for sure. Okay. So um, our church has done a series on... Um, gender and women in ministry, mm-hmm. and we've talked about the roles of women and whether women should be ordained and whether women should preach mm-hmm. and all, all sorts of different things like that and what um, what that looks like in different situations, scenarios, yeah. contexts. Okay, so what, and Leah and I have, have disagreed, you know, some, how, how, how would you define our disagreement? Some, okay. M- mostly. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Here's what a, good, a, good, a healthy amount of disagreement. <laughs> Here's why I think that that mm-hmm. um, disagreement has been really helpful. So much so that I've actually told other people like um, this conflict is like almost an example of how to mm-hmm. handle conflicts like these. Mm-hmm. Um, you've come to me and said, um, "Here's what I think about this issue, and I want to know what you think." Mm-hmm. You know, there's just like an openness. Yeah. And then you and I'll talk, and then we'll go back, and we'll wait a couple weeks, mm-hmm. and then one of us will call and say, "Yeah, I'm still not completely certain about this. Let's talk again, mm-hmm. and then we'll kind of talk." And so, I hope you have never felt like forced by me into mm-hmm. believing exactly what I believe. No. And I've never felt from you that I'm being pushed or like mm-hmm. that you're demanding me to change my view. Right. It's felt like a working out yeah. of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so the the moment I remember the most is mm-hmm. just like me saying, Hey, I am I am not telling you mm-hmm. what to do mm-hmm. right now or yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. And, yeah. And you That's said cool. you said to me, yeah. like, I am willing to listen to what you and the elders say mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, put things on hold or defer mm-hmm. for now. Like, I, th- I feel like both of us were willing to say, mm-hmm. I can I can move this way or I can bend a little right. bit. And so I don't feel, I feel like our relationship is better mm-hmm. having had this conflict yeah. than worse. Yeah. And like 90% of conflicts I've had in my life, they usually feel like they're worse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that the more you talk, mm-hmm. the more it, The harder it gets. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I don't know how to... Yeah. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah. How to... I like, mean... What your perspective is on that. I, I I would definitely affirm what you're saying, and I think that the thing that has stood out to me the most, and I, I've, I hope that I have repeatedly affirmed your authenticity, like, as we've talked through difficult things that we've not agreed on, um, like, you come with just, like, an openness and, like, just like a, you're a good listener, Dwayne. Which, like, I'm not gonna say that a lot about, about a lot of men. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, good. it's it's my it's husband is not listening. No, no, no. But um, but yeah, you are you are a good listener, and I want to affirm that in you. And and I want to affirm for women who are listening to like really look for that in your local pastor. Is he practicing good listening? We're maybe not always born like that, but like. What is it? How is your local pastor relying on the Holy Spirit to become a good listener and practice that by the power of the Holy Spirit? And so I think that that that's been huge. Um, 
And I think that my sort of as we've moved through this disagreement, like I have um, hope in God <laughs> because we are operating like living organisms in this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like I am cement trodden stuck in this posture and I'm not listening. Like, but we are living organisms sort of like listening and thinking and respond like you said like going back and sort of thinking and responding and kind of going back and forth I think is really important but you know I think in order to go back and forth you've got to be both open and I don't want to say like you have to be open and you have to believe the best in the other person right like you're not like oh he's not he's not trying to hear this and he's annoyed at me for having this conversation yes. and, you know, writing, yes. writing, yes. basically like writing all these scripts in my mind. Yes. Right. And if I do that, then I've already created like an opposition in you that might even be stronger than your actual opposition. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And yes. so I think that that's like having saying, okay, I ha I know this person enough to know that they're working towards being a listener. They're working towards um, my flourishing. They're not against that. And so what does that look like then for me to sort of engage in that way with that, with that, but that takes trust. Right. And like that trust takes time. So I think even you and I are on that building road cause you've only right. been here for yeah. a short time, right. Right. not a long time. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's something too that the spirit does when we are seeking unity to actually work towards the spirit builds that trust, even if you don't have like the time necessarily stamped on it. Um, but but building that trust towards being able to have open dialogue that practices listening, that practices believing the best about the other person, yes. even when you don't agree. Yeah, and what two things come to mind? Like one yeah. is, it, I think we have this sense that like. If I believe so strongly in this position mm -hmm. that the people right. matter less, come say that again okay. on the mic. All right, okay? that's what that's what that's what's happening here. Yes, <laughs> yes. If the, if the issue is important, the people are less important, mm. and then you just have this—you are foisting mm -hmm. the position onto people. Mm -hmm. But those two things are not like thinking that the position is important and the people are important mm -hmm. are not mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. And that's what's, what's been really cool about this kind of debate going back and forth is I'm like, I have actually, it's helped me to understand my own position mm -hmm. more. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I'm mm -hmm. like, I don't know what ordination in the Old Testament mm -hmm. was. Mm -hmm. I've got to go back and look. I haven't looked at this <laughs> yeah, in like yeah. 14 years, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah. okay, okay. Mm -hmm. So Leah has a question about it. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to see if I can figure it out. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, hey, Julie, what do you think about mm -hmm. this? And hey, you know, uh, mm -hmm. talk to the elders. What do you guys think about this? And call mm -hmm. my call friends and stuff. And suddenly I'm like, okay, I'm, because I am taking you as a person seriously mm -hmm. it, it's actually and the position seriously mm. it's like this very refreshing thing mm -hmm. you know what I mean mm -hmm. so I think sometimes people take the person seriously so much so that like the position doesn't matter mm -hmm. or they take the position and then mm -hmm. they end up beating people up so mm -hmm. either have this like complete tolerance or just demanding exacting theology or yeah. something yeah and I think what's better is just like by taking people seriously, we can right. know the positions more. And by taking the position seriously, we trust that it works out in the lives of real people. Yeah, yeah. So it's really interesting. Conviction and humanity. Like, yes. can we humanize each other even as we hold our biblical convictions? Um, and that is practicing love, which I think is, I mean, we, we have to center that in everything. We have to center practicing love even as we disagree, which means 
viewing the other person as person, as your brother or sister in Christ, even as you have convictions or even as you try your best to yes. interpret what God's yes. word says. Like, and God, reveal your mystery to me, you I'm, know? Yes, and I am better as a human because I know you as a human. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. there's something there that's like... Um, so, so like we need we need each other. Yeah. Not just me and you, but like this the the church. That's why it's a group. It's not just one person. Right. You know what I mean? Like we absolutely mm-hmm. would miss something about who God is if we didn't mm-hmm. learn about him from the yeah. other people that are around us. Yeah. And then like the layman's mm-hmm. version of this or or whatever mm-hmm. is sort of like, um, do you remember there's like some conflict maybe uh, ten, nine or ten year, years ago, like Barack Obama was the president and something happened with like Cornell West or Henry Louis Gates Jr. There was this this mm. kind of conflict that was in the news and the media and all mm. this stuff. And I remember Obama like calls Cornell West mm. to into the White House to like drink a beer together. Mm. I'll go. I'll look this up later mm-hmm. to see who it was. Or maybe it was like Cornell West's neighbor. And you know there were there were these assumptions about yeah. racism or something. And yeah. Obama did this very symbolic thing, which mm-hmm. was like. Uh, I really feel like it was Cornel West. Like, Cornel West come in here, and this guy, you come in here, oh, and the three yeah. of us are okay. going to drink a, a okay. Bud Light. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get, get some better beer, Barack. <laughs> come on, get present. Get the whole, all the resources. Know, we can get, like, some friend, you know, some sort of, you know, yeah, anyway, import. But um, but that that really is what it comes down to so often, which is just yeah. like, we're, let's not even have a meeting at the church office mm-hmm. where we're just like complaining and quoting verses at each other or whatever, but just like, let's go drink a beer, yeah. let's go drink a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. let's go eat some Indian food, let's mm-hmm. go do whatever. Like, get together mm-hmm. so that you can actually understand what the other person is saying. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. I, may, I might be naive, but I just think like... I think you're on to something. Okay. I think you're on to something. I think that's why we really struggle in this social media age because we're like so we're detached from our communication being with a human, like an actual person. Yes, and I, and I saw this like when I was in seminary, there would be conflict among the, mm-hmm. the professors at times, and like I would go to one class and this guy is like writing a, a, a paper, mm-hmm. an essay that he's going to mm-hmm. publish, and it's against this other guy, you know. And I would I'm like, you guys work in the same building, yeah. man. Like, can you please yeah. drink a cup of coffee yeah. together? Um, and that's on warp speed mm. when all anybody's doing is just like posting online. Mercy. <laughs> Mercy. <laughs> um, man. Okay. So I feel like we're winding up on our time okay. and there's okay. been so much that's good. Um, I really, I'm really thankful for just your willingness to enter into this conversation, to your willingness to come into a space where um, you are the minority uh, in the listening audience. And in this, in this context um, of being a male on the Urban Christian Woman podcast. Um, and so I want to, I want to end us on a high note okay. for fun. Yes. If you weren't a pastor, what would you be? Yes. Okay. So, um, Yes, this this may not mean anything to anyone who doesn't know me. <laughs> so not for, on the airways, for everybody, anyway. everybody out on the airways, yes. Uh, um, but you, and hopefully you'll laugh at this. Okay, so I play guitar, mm-hmm. and I have this dream that if I was not, I'm already laughing. <laughs> <laughs> this will be a high note. Just wait, it gets better. Okay, so like. And I don't know if it's something about just, like, the official nature of being a pastor or whatever. If I wasn't a pastor, in, in all reality, I would probably be a teacher or something like that. But what I would, my, my little weird dream uh-huh. would be to be the, the guitar player 
of the like rowdiest punk rock band. <laughs> All right, I'm telling you, just like white guys on stage <laughs> screaming, screaming into a mic, into oh, a mic jumping around. <laughs> Just every night while the crowd goes crazy, sleeping all day. Which is not possible to a dude who wears the sweaters and the glasses. I know that's why it's a dream. I know that's what. See, you need to get a picture on there of me with like a with the sweater. Oh yeah, with the sweater and the beard. I'm very dorky. The sweater, the beard, and the glasses. Person. So yeah, that's my my little dream is to just be in a band and just like yell yell at people every night. Might be better balanced. As a person, <laughs> this is not all pent up. You're just screaming it out. I know, I know. This, yeah, you can psychoanalyze me on this. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> that it's, oh, it's all wow. bottled up. Oh my gosh! It's yeah. Come out somewhere. yeah so there, there you go. Facts okay. that very few people know. Mm. Almost no one would know that. It helps you. me not take you too seriously. <laughs> yes, Julie would know that, but not not many people would know that. All right, man. Well, thank you, Dwayne, for giving us your time and your wisdom, your insight. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank really you. I'm honored. It. Uh, to be on the podcast mm-hmm. and to be the first male to be on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So it is it is a privilege. It's been fun. Yeah. Will you pray for us as we end? Yeah, I'll pray. Uh, Father, we thank you so much for um, the gift that you've given us of your spirit mm-hmm. and that the spirit works in men and women, um, and in uh, lay people and in pastors. Uh, and you have gifted all of us uh, uniquely and differently to contribute to the beautiful thing you're doing in the world in creating a community that can show um, show those who don't know, show the world what um, a real life is like. And um, Lord, I thank you that that works itself out in counterintuitive ways um, through conflicts and mm-hmm. through misunderstandings and um, through stops and starts and um, it, it, in broken people, um, like Leah was saying, uh, cro- crooked lines, crooked arrows, crooked sticks, um, all that. You are um, you are working to make something beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so I pray that um, you would help um, pastors everywhere to um, trust you, rest in you, uh, listen to the people in their congregation, mm-hmm. especially those who are deeply anxious, frustrated, who have been hurt by other pastors. Um, there, there are so many areas um, that, that we need help here to help help them to listen. And I pray that for people, and I pray especially for the women in congregations everywhere, um, that they would um, be able to encourage and support their pastors, but also, um, you know, challenge them as there are conflicts by having... Um, solid, open relationships with one another. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess it's a weird thing to pray, and I will end with not taking myself too seriously, mm-hmm. but I pray that more and more people would have beers together mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, or a glass of wine or, or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and listen and wait on you to mm-hmm. see what it is that you're doing um, in the world. And we thank you that we could have a little part of that. Mm-hmm. And I, I pray um, all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed week, ladies.